Welcome back to Yanks Abroad. Today is a special one. We are celebrating or mourning, I guess, if you're a Liverpool fan, Klopp's departure of Liverpool at the end of the season. So today, Will and I are going head-to-head, drafting our all-time teams of players who played under Klopp between Dortmund and Liverpool, unless you have someone that goes further back, which we'll get to. But um, subscribe if you've enjoyed the pod thus far or think you're going to enjoy in the future, and let's get right into it. For sure. First pick, you want to rock it out? Uh, yeah, let's go. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, says. Oh, oh you do says. Tragic. You take it. I was going, th- I was going scissors. You went rock. Okay. So All take right. It. Um, first pick, the greatest player to ever play for Jurgen Klopp at right wing. I'm going Mohamed Salah. That's an easy first pick. Easy. That that's easy, right? Easy. Okay. I didn't want to overthink it with Lewandowski and his days at at Dortmund. So my right wing position is filled at Mohamed Salah. Okay. I am going to go with, as everybody knows, my favorite, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. I just think he can make any team tick. That's a no-brainer to me. Klopp is the man who made TAA who he is today. Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. You going two or are we going back and forth? I think we got to snake it. All right, yeah. And then I'm going to pair that with Robert Lewandowski at striker. Unbelievable at Dortmund. Again, another player like under Klopp exploded, became the Lewandowski that we've all loved to watch for the past decade. Yeah. Uh, so that's a no-brainer. I got Lewandowski up top. I got Trent Alexander-Arnold feeding him. All right, that's a good duo. With Mohamed Salah up top, I think my strategy now is, I think the biggest disparity, maybe other than right back, is at the goalkeeper position. I almost want goalkeeper. Like you have Vindenfeller or Loris Karius or any of those other... Or Liverpool. Simon Mignolet's right. couple of games. So yeah. I'm going to take Allison at goalkeeper. Sure. And then I'm going to take Virgil van Dijk at center back. Um, Mats Hummels is obviously a really, really good center back choice and was great on those Dortmund teams. But I think van Dijk, especially in that Champions League winning side and how good Liverpool has been, has been respected as one of, if not the greatest center back in the world at times. So grabbing that core of defense between uh, VVD and Allison, I feel like is a good structure for the team. For sure. And I think like with this draft, obviously like now I don't need to take a goalie for right. a while. Right, I don't right. need to take a right winger for a while, but I do need to take a center back right now because if you take Matt's Hummels, yeah. I You're mean, left, I'm, yeah. I'm stuck with some, not garbage, but Matt's Hummels probably his best years aside from maybe one or two at Bayern or under Klopp yeah, at Dortmund. definitely. Uh, so I'm going to go Matt's Hummels as one of my center backs. And then it's a little bit of a tough decision because there's, there's two really good left wing options. So I may wait on left wing, go and look into the center of the park. But a lot of great midfielders play under Klopp a and ton. a lot with very similar identities because that's how great managers operate. Right. If we're going peak and like guys who really were incredible yeah. under Klopp, and this may be a hot take, I'm going Nuri Sahin okay. in central midfield. He was incredible for Dortmund. He was a huge, huge prospect. I feel like injuries really kind of slowed yeah. his career down long term. But Nuri Sahin, throw him in the middle of the park. He can play as that lone six. He can play as one of the eights. That's, that's my pick. Sahin is a good pick. The only reason I didn't go there, and he was amazing, is for me, I was looking at differential in sure. terms of that's why I went for Allison. And I feel like the other center midfielders that are there, the differential between Sahin and the rest you could get isn't as wide of a gap. And I'm going to take Philip Coutinho. I think he... Where are you playing him? I'm playing him at the 10. Okay. But 
depending on who else I get, my formation may... You may end up putting him out of left wing. Potentially. Okay. Um, so I'm going to take Coutinho. I think in his prime, which were some of Klopp's first couple years yeah. um, at Liverpool, he was similar to Hazard, the way they were able to like drift with the ball. And then I just remember so many of those curling finishes that he had cutting in from the left side into the, into the right side of the net. And he was a really special player. It's a shame that he never took that next step to become like the elite of the elite. But I think Coutinho, similar to what you're saying, in his prime for those couple seasons at Liverpool was really good. And then a tough one here because I think there were discussions when that front three in that Liverpool Champions League winning team and title contending teams, there was a discussion between who's better, Mane or Salah. So I'm going to go Sadio Mane. And put him at left wing, sure. Um, because he longevity wise, he was amazing, but also just prime where he was potentially the more clinical finisher, maybe for a season or two. Then Salah, he was absolutely unreal. So I'm going Sadio Mane. Okay, again, that leaves me with some easy decisions. Yeah. Um, well, not easy decisions. There's a couple. He. But you've you've filled attacking midfield, left wing, and right wing. Yes. Marco Royce is not on the table for you anymore. Correct. So I'm going to wait and get Marco Royce a little bit later in the draft. Uh, I'm going to go where I think the biggest discrepancy is now. I actually don't think it's that big. I think Marcel Schmelzer was incredible for a while, but I'm going to get Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson for four years was the best left back in the world. Yes. Like he was the biggest threat. Yeah. Him and Alexander Arnold were both having double digit assists at once. Now I've got both of them in my team. Yeah. So I'm going to go Andy Robertson at left back. And then I'm going to fill another center midfield spot. And this is, it's actually tough because you haven't really taken any of the central midfielders left. Part of me wants to take Gunagon uh, with his time at Dortmund, but I actually think his best years at Dortmund, his best years in his career were not at Dortmund. They were at City. He right. was great Agreed. at Dortmund. But yeah, that would be a little bit of recency bias, I think, yeah. to include Gundogan because of how good he was with City. So I'm going to go and grab Mario Goetze and throw him in at the 10. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play him in midfield. Honestly, vibes and nostalgia player. His... Peaks were incredible. His valleys were, he was not, a, not a someone on the pitch you necessarily wanted out there. He had a lot of injury issues. Yeah. But he was the golden boy. And during his time under Klopp, he was the golden boy. So I'm going to go Gote and Robertson in this round. I like that. Are you playing him at the 10? I'm playing him at the 10. Okay, because I had, because there's a few players that you could play out wide or through I the mean, middle. I mean, Gote also season. played as like a false nine at yeah, times in true. his career. You could have theoretically thrown him up there as striker. Yeah. Um, so that leaves me with... I think I'm going to fill my midfield now because uh, my wingbacks are obviously settled. And I don't think, unless you had another center back option, I don't think the differential between like a Subotic or a Matip is like big enough to want to go there. So I am going to go with Fabinho and place him at the six. And then this is really, really tough because... I listed four center midfielder options, and now I have to choose one out of all four between Gundogan, Hendo, Thiago, and Wijnaldum. And this may be... I don't know if this is a hot take. Can you really take Thiago? He hasn't done shit under Klopp. I know, but he's just... Like, on his day, obviously, he still has it. And he's been, had some fantastic moments for Liverpool. I, yeah, I, I wanted to take Thiago, but for that reason... Like, I think... Just I didn't even put him prime, on my list. Prime of that player, but this is similar to the Gundogan. Right. Prime of that player, I think he's the best out of all those Not options. Not even close. But 
for similar to you made a vibes pick, I'm gonna make like a camaraderie pick and leadership pick, and I'm gonna take Hendo. I wanted to take Hendo as my first midfielder. The importance of him in obviously Liverpool as their entire history, pretty much with Klopp, um, was unreal and just engine wise and at his peak. He, I, I think people because he's like did the dirty work sometimes, kind of slept on how maybe technically gifted he was and, like, spraying of passes and different things. And I think he was really good at that. So I think he's perfect to play. And now my midfield is Fabinho, Hendo, and Coutinho, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, for sure. You've got an all-Liverpool midfield. I think I – I haven't actually picked a Dortmund player Is yet. that true? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. All right, my pick? Yeah. All right, I'm going to finish my midfield with Wijnaldum. I think okay. – the midfield that I've selected with Sahin and Goetze is lacking a little bit of athleticism. He's yeah. lacking that real engine, that guy who is actually going to be the true box-to-box midfielder. Uh, and that's what Wijnaldum did best. And, and honestly, he did it at such a good rate and worked so hard that his legs have gone since yeah. he's left Liverpool. And If Hendo was there, would you have picked Genie or Hendo? I don't know. I wanted to take Hendo really early on. I yeah. was not a Henderson fan. Even when he was at his best, I just... But, like, just looking back on the years that he played under Klopp, he truly was incredible. Yeah. And, like, people, he didn't really get his flowers because he's not really the kind of guy you want to root for, I feel like. If you're not a Liverpool fan, he's just, like, a fucking scumbag yeah. in ways. But, um, yeah, he's great. But I'm happy to take Wijnaldum. And then, let's see, what do I have left? I need a center back, I need a goalie, and I need a left winger. Center back's really the only one left where you also need a player. But I actually don't know what I want to do here. I think to pair with Mats Hummels, I'll probably go out and get Joel Matip. I think the springiness of his legs, the the ability to have a little bit more burst than either Subotic or Socrates. He's a more modern center back, and I think yeah. those defensive sides at Dortmund actually weren't all that good, whereas at Liverpool in their best years, they were the best defense in the league. So yeah. I'm going to get Joel Matip uh, and pair him with Mats Hummels. Yeah. I think a lot of, and this is credit to Klopp, but I think, and we've talked about this briefly, is the reason that those Liverpool teams, other than the talent they had on the field, the reason they were so good in defense is because they impose themselves yes. so well on in the press and like you'd work so hard to keep them out that you almost didn't have energy to even attack which then in turn makes your defense there's a that tweet much i think about literally every single day uh Ch- chitty he's an arsenal fan yeah, yeah tweeted i just had to open my window because the press was so suffocating yeah. like that was prime liverpool yeah. like you actually couldn't breathe watching your team play them because even when you had little spells of possession, like you were freaking out that any yeah. missed pass and they were on the break. I mean, they, he ran those midfielders into the ground for three years, mm-hmm. but it made Liverpool Un- win a title, unbeatable. win a Champions yeah. League. And I mean, the best team probably did not win a league the year that they lost to City right. by a point. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So like you had to work hard to even have possession past the midfield line and then have enough energy to go try and score a goal. So I think that prime Van Dyke and Allison, who is the best goalkeeper in premier league history. Um, Wow. That's an interesting, I'm, I'm sure about, I haven't ever thought about it, so I'm not prepared to, there's nobody who has paired distribution with shot stopping at, and he's also the best goalie in one V ones in the world. Like he is the most, he may be, he may be a top three goalie ever. All right. We'll get into that later. Um, I'm going to just fill my wing backs. I, for left back, I didn't have an, another option other than Schmelzer. Yeah, did I mean, you, it's either him or Simikas. I mean, I had okay, Schmelzer yeah. written down. That's who I would have taken, yeah, but yeah. there really isn't a. Isn't and then an right option. back, it was Pizcek or James Milner, maybe, if, if you wanted in there. I'm going Pizcek. I think they were I think they were. I didn't great, think about Milner. That's an interesting option. Yeah, I think they were a great duo. Um, and when you talk about duos of that generation, I think they were 
up there. Not never was, one of the oh, best. Was Peace Jack? Did he play a lot under Klopp, or he came in towards the end of Klopp's? I think he was towards the end, but I think he was still playing. Yeah. Um, at a high level, and they were never obviously at the Robertson Trent. No. But those are those are my wing backs, which leaves us, I think, with a pick each. I have two, and you have one. Okay. Uh, I need to go out and get. A goalkeeper, which will be Widenfeller. Yeah. I think that's an easy selection as the second best goalie. I mean, what held that Dortmund team back for years was a lack of good goalkeeping. Widenfeller was a true veteran. He worked yeah. hard, but was yeah. never the, one he of the best in the world. Average, yeah. Uh, and then I get to finish my team with Marco Royce, which is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, never won anything under Klopp, but him and Lewandowski, I mean, I have vibes at the top of my team. Like, So what's together. your front three? Royce. Oh, wait, I didn't take a right winger. Yeah. So, so we got a lot more picks left. I think I only have one. Oh, no, I have two. I have two. Sorry. Okay. So I am going to go Royce as my – and I have one more pick after that. But Royce and Lewandowski, and my, my right winger will end up being Dortmund too. But the vibes of Royce and Lewandowski yeah. at the front, like that was like prime, like getting into like other soccer than Arsenal for me, like that era of Dortmund. Like I think I just, they, they own the cutest soccer video ever produced when they're looking at each other like when, when he went he to went Bayern. When he went to Bayern. Yeah. I mean, I literally am seeing it in my right head now. right now. I've seen that like so much. It's a great and gift. And you play like, the correct soundtrack yeah. behind it, it really gets it's you beautiful. in your feels. Yeah, so the final two picks for me to fill my team are a center back. And a striker. And a striker. So I'm going to go Subotic. Sure. And then with a left wing, right wing of Salah and Mane – it makes no sense other than to grab Bobby. Did you have a different option to play that? Um, well, I mean, like, I guess I would have considered potentially, like, a false nine if I had to. But right. knowing the only op- – one of us was getting Lua and one was yeah. getting – I mean, that was one of the best balanced front threes in Premier League history. So I, looked up, so I looked up the, the highest-rated performers under Klopp ever in, in research of doing this. Coutinho actually finished first. And then Bobby was second in, like, average I mean, we were just talking about rating. the press, but, like, having a striker like Firmino was what made that press yeah. tick more oh than anything. God, yeah. I mean, he was not only working hard, but he had an incredible ability to anticipate and help shape where the ball was going to be forced to yeah. and then win the second duel. I mean, that, that's, you don't see a lot of strikers with those And abilities. then two wingers who almost double as number nines, being able to right. clear out the They're space inside for them forwards. to make Correct. those diagonal runs for Mane and Salah just makes Correct. too much sense. Um so that's my team, and what do you have left? Oh, I have, have a right wing. wing. I'm going to get Blaszczykowski, yeah. FIFA legend. Yeah, um, absolute legend. He was great. I mean, he was great for what he did in that team. He didn't need to be a big goal scorer. No. They had Royce. They had Lewandowski. They had Kagawa at times. They had yeah. uh, Goatse. But, yeah, I mean, I got a full front three of Dortmund. You got a full front yeah. three of Liverpool. It's funny. Like, I'm thinking to myself, my team's better. But, obviously, your Liverpool team, you ended up with mostly so Liverpool. One way more things. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I Tell us who you think yeah. won. Comment, comment down below whose team, whose team is better. Um, and now we'll move into what's next for Klopp. Yeah. I mean, the obvious answer and what everyone's talking about is he's going to take over the Germany yeah. side. They're going to go through the Euros now with Nagelsmann mm-hmm. this summer. And then assuming they don't win, right. they okay, may so bring Klopp in. What do you think the Germany benchmark is for how they finish in the Euros to where he earns himself a spot to coach them at the World Cup. The first thing that came to my mind was semifinals, but I also think it's a matter of how they play. I think right. what we've seen from Germany in the last three, four years is not just a lack of results, but it's a lack of identity. Yeah. I mean, they have not found a system that's worked. They have not found a 11 that's worked. The Germany teams that were so good for a decade 
were very consistent in yeah. their performances. They were very consistent in who they were playing and, and who was in the side. And so I'd expect it to basically come down to, can they find consistency at the Euros? As we talked about in our Euros episode, they did not play anything but friendlies, really, for right. the last year. So this is going to be a big test for Nagelsmann. And honestly, it may not matter. It may be win or bust for him. And you know what? He'll go get a job coaching a club team. That's not going to be an issue yeah, for Nagelsmann. 100%. So I think it could be a win-win for Germany. Uh, but maybe... I mean, I think Nagelsmann should just be coaching Bayern. at Bayern. Yeah. But, um, and he could end up back I agree. I... I do agree that their problem stems from the lack of identity, but in a tournament structure, sometimes getting results is unfortunately more important yeah. than, than finding an identity that doesn't work. Um, so I, I said similarly semifinals. I think if they make it to the semifinals, that he'll earn himself a spot. But as we spoke about, we don't anticipate that happening. So I had the same thing. I think it's a no-brainer that they crash out round of 16 probably, and yeah. then... Klopp is brought in, gets an entire year to prepare, and then if you bring Klopp in, you all of a sudden, like, Germany is maybe a top five contender to, to win the World Cup in 2026. It's depending. a good time to bring Klopp in, too, because, yeah. like, it's, it's kind of a new generation of German players yeah. that it, we're about to kind of see get involved. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that he, Klopp makes Germany a top three yeah. international side. And especially for a coach that just talked about being – a little tired and the whole thing is just very grueling and everything like an international job I feel like just makes so much sense not that it's not a grueling job no, but, but it's not a it's day not the in, week in out. and week out yeah. yeah 100% is there any part of you that thinks it's not the Germany job at all like where else could you see Jurgen Klopp going so it's interesting like now that Xavi left right people have been saying that Klopp could go there but the way Xavi's talking about all the pressure and things that go into being the Barca manager, it just doesn't feel like it adds up. He seems tired. Yeah. And right, Xavi. exactly. And with all the family things that um, he's been going through, I feel like Germany makes the most sense, whether it's the international team or the Bayern job. So what we've talked about is, I think it's kind of a revolving door of like Xavi Alonso, Tuchel, and, and Klopp maybe. Like if Xavi Alonso... Goes to Liverpool and Bayern fire Tuchel. Klopp could potentially take over the Bayern job, and it could be just a fucking right that's, cycle. That's what I was thinking. Um, you could even you could even like let's say uh, Tuchel gets fired. Let's say Javi Alonso takes the Liverpool job, right? And Klopp wants to go back to Dortmund, and so then well like. If I'm Klopp, like, I'm honestly maybe more interested in going back to Dortmund than it's I am going to Bayern. It's actually wild that you just said that for whatever reason, and we prepared an entire episode talking about Klopp at Dortmund. I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that Klopp could go back yeah, to like, Dortmund. Yeah, uh, like, what's his name? Ter Terzi, that's how you pronounce yeah, his name? Yeah, Terzic or something. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, he's been fine for Dortmund, but, like, I think Dortmund would fire him in a second if Jurgen Klopp was like, I'm ready to come back and bring Dortmund a title. Yeah. It'd be fun. It would be extremely fun. And a team that... Seems to be stuck in a place to where they probably will consistently get Champions League, won't ever compete for the Champions League, and won't ever compete for the Bundesliga is kind of where they're stuck at right now, or at least that's what it feels like. And Klopp seems like probably the only person that could come in and make that right. change. Right, and also, like, if you're Dortmund, you're looking at Bayer Leverkusen, who all of a sudden are at top of the table challenging for the title. They've kind of leapfrogged you Exactly, now. yeah. Like, you blew it at the end of last year. Right, that's, that was probably their one chance. 
But that was the yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. while Bayern are kind of like they're not going through a rebuild, but for Bayern's sake, we talked about I this mean, last week, yeah. like or two weeks ago, like it's not the Bayern we're used to no. seeing where it's domination. They don't dominate. Week. They're winning games by like you used to just not have to watch the games. You check the score it line five and it's nil. like five nothing. Yeah. Ribery got a couple. Robin got you know like it the was glory mo- like it was just easy. You didn't even have to watch. Now they're scraping out two one results like yep. like it's nothing. So that so hand to heart, you would say Germany. I mean, I think the betting favorite's got to be okay. like minus two hundred Germany. Yeah, but. I mean, and also, I don't, did you read the athletic article about you, him going to the U.S. men's national team? I actually didn't. Um, I don't want to do that. Don't get your myself. hopes up. Yeah, uh, it's like any time, like when Wenger left Arsenal, they wrote articles about him. Yeah. Take, he's not taking over U.S. men's national team. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, and then also Mourinho's somewhere around there. But yeah. I, um, All right. So who's filling the Liverpool job? The obvious answer is Deserby. But I was talking about was it you? I was talking about this with the other day, where it's like. Brighton has too many results where it's like, you've just lost 4-0 at home to Wolves. Yeah. Like, you can't step into this. This isn't the job that Klopp took at Liverpool where Liverpool haven't been good for a while. Yeah. You're taking a job at Liverpool where Liverpool fans are expecting to continue to compete for titles and Champions Leagues every week. My only, yeah, my only drawback to that is I think people's thesis is you see the potential yes. that a Deserby tactic has and that maybe the players he has can't fully input that day in, day out. And they're saying, if you put Deserby's thoughts into this Liverpool team, it could be a more consistent cog. We all had the same thought with Graham Potter. Right. And I want to say, I still very much believe Graham Potter's a great manager. Where is he coaching right now? Nowhere. Really? Okay. I I was worried. I mean, I think Ange's going to do great for you guys, and I think he's the perfect manager. But I was worried you were going to go and take a risk on Potter. Because He was talked about. Yeah, I think Deserby is similar to Potter in that you need to be willing to actually go through the rebuild. Yeah. And Chelsea is not a rebuild club. No. And so Potter never really got the opportunity spend, spend, to spend. actually impl- implant a identity onto the squad. Yeah. Like, I feel like Arteta won that FA Cup, right, when he came in with pretty much no real identity. Yeah. He kind of sat back and hit on the counter and played a, a, tactically arranged a couple of matches well enough to win in a, in a year where there were no fans. And we saw in all sports, it was a little bit off. Yeah. Um, but then he immediately went about instilling identity, and we struggled horrifically for right. two years. I mean, there were great matches. There were great moments. But overall, there was no consistency. If Liverpool is willing to do that with a new manager, yeah, the Serbia, I think, is no-brainer. He has the ability to be the next Arteta, yeah. the next Javi Alonso, the next Pep. Um, but I don't know that that's how Liverpool fans are going to see things. And so for that reason, I, I don't know if that's the right hire because you kind of either need to get this hire right immediately and go with this squad or... You're going to have to really... You are going to have to enter a rebuild. Like, Van Dijk's already spoken about leaving. I think if when Klopp leaves, does Salah take the money and go play in Saudi? Maybe. He's talked about it. Like... And, I mean, he's getting up there in age. Yeah, he 100%. Just, he just picked up another injury. He might be like, one of those guys who wants to leave on his peak. He's yeah. still one of the best players in the league, yeah. if not the best. He may be one of those guys who wants to be like, I don't want to be next year, have eight goals and six assists. And, but as, and like, a competitor, I mean, we only played high school sports, but, like, even thinking about that... If you're Salah and it's like, I'm still going to win the golden boot potentially this year, like, would the drop-off be all the way down to an eight-goal, six-assist season? We've seen it. Yeah. It's, we saw it. We saw it with Rooney. We saw it with Vardy. Like, yeah. we've seen it in the Premier League. The Premier League yeah, is Yeah, I mean, Vardy is a different, a different story, but yes. I don't know. Vardy is one of the best goal scorers in Premier League. He, it was a little bit of lightning in the bottle. Incorrect. Vardy is one of the best goal scorers in Premier League history. 
another debate that we can't get into right now. Any um, other names you had for Liverpool other than Deserbi and Javi Alonso that you want to talk no, about? No, I think it comes down to if Bayern somehow make a Champions League final, come back and win Bundesliga, they're forced to keep Tuchel. Tuchel, yeah. And maybe Xavi. I think we've, d- we've discussed Alonso that. Xavi played at Liverpool. No, I know. That's, I, I mean, he played at Bayern too, obviously. Yeah, but. I think Xavi Alonso, in his head, it's 1A Bayern and 1B Liverpool. But, I mean, I obviously don't know him, and I could be entirely wrong. But if Bayern somehow put it together, which we don't anticipate happening, and they keep Tuchel, I think... I think we both agree that Xabi Alonso, no matter what he's saying right now about how much he loves Labor he's not Cruz, saying he's, he's not staying. Unless there's a collapse at the end of this year. Like, I don't mean like a, a collapse like, oh, they end up losing the league because Bayern go on a run. I yeah. mean like a true collapse. Like, I don't see him leaving. You can't. I mean, I don't see him As staying. great as Leverkusen is, you can't leave a Bayern and Liverpool job on the table. No. Like, those don't come about all the time. And he's not going to take the Barca job because he's a Real Madrid guy. Yeah, he's so, not. Yeah. Um, I, I had a couple other names. I think number one, like Liverpool fans would agree with this. You don't want Stevie G by any means. No. He's not a good manager. Yeah. Obviously, that name's going to be thrown around. And um, has been floated around. He's the third. He's betting odds third favorite. Really? He, he's, a Liv- he's a childhood Liverpool fan. I knew that. And I don't think there's a chance. I for many reasons. I think he's, I mean. He has not proven Maybe this is me yet. talking. Oh, I don't think that's what it is. I think he's proved, like, he's won everywhere he's went. And the things he's been he won able. Won in Australia and at Celtic. Yeah, I mean, it, winning is winning. Okay. He, he's only done what he can with opportunities at hand, you I know? Um, it's not going to be Ange. I, I just think this may be biased and me talking myself into it, but it seems like he's relishing the opportunity of taking something at Tottenham, and he's really building it as his own. Like, the clear-out has been ins- – like, this is not – even just in a year, this is not the same Tottenham team. Like, almost none of these players – Played for the Mourinho teams and the Conte teams, and definitely not the completely opposite identity. It had yeah. to be done. Um, like he start, he essentially started a new Tottenham when he, when Kane left and he came in. Like that was the turning of uh, not sure. even a page, but a chapter, a book. It was a start of a new book. Impressive, you've turned this Liverpool conversation into a Tottenham conversation. Well, I mean, and just their betting favorite. Um, who else is who's one and two? Javi Alonso's one. Yeah, and who's two? Um. Deserby. Yeah, Deserby, okay. Deserby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had two other no, names. No, Deserby's one. And Chabi Lanzo's yeah. two. So I had two other names that I thought could be interesting. One is Thomas Frank, who I think is one of the most underrated managers in the entire world. He's done a supreme job at Brentford. Imagine the budget of Sean Dyche, but doing it not just with fucking terrorist football. And Brentford go out and, and actually try and win games. Yeah. I, I think it's incredibly impressive. I think more likely Thomas Franks end up being like the Danish national team manager eventually. I think he'll stay at Brentford for a little longer. But I think it's an interesting name. It, it, it might get floated around. And then one other guy who I, I've, been, I've kind of thought about for a lot of different jobs who I think is going to leave the Portuguese league soon is Ruben Amarim, who is the sporting manager. They play an incredible attacking style of football. Okay. Every striker who has gone in there in the last few years has scored goals in the plentiful. Victor Gyokeris, who came from uh, Coven- Coventry City last year, has gone in there and been incredible for them. Um, I, I just think he's a name that's going to get thrown around. I don't think he's likely. Yeah. But, you know, these things, you know how these things go. If Klopp ends up taking the Bayern job, Javi Alonso ends up staying, Nagelsmann ends up staying, then the, sh- the short list becomes a little bit stranger, right. and these are the names that might yeah, be Yeah, I just think about. with – so Liverpool, we obviously don't know, but in our – we'll be – the entire season will be in a prime Premier League fight. Yes. To win. And then you have Klopp leaving. And he kind of started a new regime with all the signings that he brought in. And a team clearly ready to compete and continue 
continuing to be ready to compete that with a brand name as big as Liverpool, I just can't anticipate seeing them bringing in someone who doesn't I agree. Who doesn't have that brand name with the rest of the club. So that's why I think it's going to be one of the, the big three candidates that we spoke about. It's not going to be Ange, but yes. No, I don't think it's going to be Ange. I, I, think he, I think he's building something for real. He's building a team that should hopefully qualify for Champions League every year, and that's well, I don't all think, Tottenham can ask for. I don't think it's hopefully. I think, I think we're pretty clear-cut top four favorites at this point. But Yeah, I mean, your top four favorites in a year where two of the top big six are in mid-table. How big are they then? I, I guess that's a But question. last thing on managers before we get to the final of the coaching carousel that's going on right now. I think similarly to Poch of what you were talking about where you need to, the way Arteta came in and it wasn't working right away and you need to give them time. I think Chelsea fans with the amount of money they spend and just Chelsea being the club that they are are struggling to buy into a rebuild. But I think if you give Poch the time, and we already touched on the Chelsea-Liverpool game last week, but they, if you actually watch the highlights or the game itself and don't just pay attention to the, the scoreline, like, they're, they, like you said, they have an identity. The players, and maybe it's not fully there and ingrained into the certain players or don't have the right profile of players there yet, but, like, they have an identity that obviously isn't working right now, but I think with time will end up working for Chelsea. I, I liked the Poch hire when they hired him, but I was actually reading an article yesterday about Poch, and, like, maybe we have the narrative on Poch completely wrong. He had the best Tottenham team of all time. Harry Kane in his absolute prime. Son scoring at a ridiculous rate. Dele Ali, like, talk about lightning in a bottle. Uh, I mean, the, the defense of Vertonghen and Alderweire Weld. Kyle, like, he had the best team Tottenham ever had, and he won nothing. Maybe the story... No, no, I, I agree that that is probably not... What I'm saying, I don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying, but I was just reading this, and I was like, that's a fair point. No, it's a fair— If that was yeah. any other club other than Tottenham, and you had that set of players, and a manager won nothing, you would probably be like, that was a failure. But yes, and I agree, and then you obviously compile that with what happened at PSG and that team. Right, but that's what I'm saying. No, no, I know, but my question is, is it's kind of like chicken and an egg situation. Like, is he the reason that those players became— as good as they well, right. were. Is he a Graham Potter where it's like he can take this kind of group of younger players who are not misfit, but yeah. not necessarily established, and some of them still figuring out their roles yeah. um, and, and create them into a team that can play some fun football and can win some big yeah. matches, but also isn't a title-winning team? And then the question is, is that good enough to be the manager of yeah. Chelsea when you're spending a billion dollars a year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kane was always the guy that he was, but you look at, like, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose who ended up being... A, one of the best wingback duos right. during that time. Like, they were just, like, extremely raw, athletic. Like, Kyle Walker was not Kyle Walker. and Like, he always had the intangibles. He's just an athlete. But he didn't become as good of a player until Poch got there and then obviously took the next step with Pep. And the same thing with Son. When he came in, he – and obviously Deli Ali, he played a big part in making him who he was. So I just think it was a little bit of chicken and the egg, and maybe yeah. he wasn't cut out for – yeah, I mean, so no it's not one, as black and white as who's going he's to PSG and succeeded though. For sure. Yeah. No, right. I don't think it's it's as black and white. And I just think like it's interesting. We all have this narrative that Poch was a great manager at Tottenham. Yeah. I think I just like to see someone write that ulterior narrative. It, it's a good mind teaser. It's like yeah. 
as you said, what comes first? Like Poch created this team into what it became, became or Wasn't any manager could have done that yeah. and he should have had more. Right. I think it's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column yeah. B. No, it's, it's probably Like if that combo. Tottenham team had won a singular FA Cup or a league cup, yeah. the, then I don't think we're having this discussion. But the fact that they didn't but win that's, anything. That's what and I the hate. year that they were best in the Premier League, Leicester City. Right. So they probably, that's that also that, doesn't help yes. his case. Correct. on Definitely on that, but... The point before is just something that I hate so much. Like, I consider the fact that Poch took us to a Champions League final a significantly more bigger accomplishment than winning an FA Cup or a Carabao Cup. Like, I don't think it's even close. Like, I think there's just a troll trophy narrative. But if you're a real fan, like, that Champions League run, and we've never won anything, haha. Like, so I don't know, but. I can't imagine that winning an FA Cup would bring me the amount of joy that that Champions League run did. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and talk trophies all day. Yeah. I think also it depends on where you are as a fan. Like, I, I, we were talking about it the other day. Like, but I should, be, at a, probably I should be at a place to where I am yearning for that trophy, but I actually think that getting there was a bigger accomplishment to me than would have winning the FA Cup with that team. Yeah, I mean, I think it also, you know, it just changes the narrative of the club, who you're able to bring in. Like, there's more to winning a trophy than just like, oh, we won the FA Cup. Right. I, I actually think the League Cup is meaningless. Right. I will say that. Yeah. I think the League Cup is completely meaningless. You basically don't play any real teams until you play a two-leg semifinal yeah. out of nowhere. Like, it's a bizarre And thing. it's fairly early in the season. Yeah, I, I think the League Cup is meaningless. Yeah. I think the FA Cup is super important FA because Cup, it's yes. been around for Histo- so long. It means a lot. Yeah. And also, like, it's just a brilliant concept where you have basically so cool. amateur footballers so cool. playing against like Arsenal two back-to-back years went away in the fourth round to non-league sides. Yeah. Like that must've just been the most incredible thing for that team and their yeah. fans. No, to definitely. Have Arsenal show up and play. Yeah. I don't want to diminish uh, the FA cup because as Americans, we get, en- I, I get your point. We though. get, we get enough hate for, for certain things. Like this year, I think obviously we're already out of the FA cup, but I think it would have, it will mean, it would mean more to, more to me this year to make a Champions League final run right. than to have won the FA Cup. Arteta's already agree. won the FA Cup. Yeah. Like a, right. And that's that, also that's not getting easier, any monkeys off his back if yeah. he's already won an right. FA Cup. Yeah. The, just so the narratives and Twitter trolls stop, we probably won a trophy. But for me personally, I think... Right. There is some an element to it that's like, you'd love to not be trolled right. for yeah. a, a um, All right. But the last thing we'll touch on in the coaching carousel is obviously Xavi. We've touched on it. Um your top contender or top three contenders that you have for, for it's that so job? It's so tough with Barcelona because they're not going to hire a Thomas Frank. Like, that's yeah. that's not realistic. See, and I don't think Xabi Alonso is not an option. I really don't think Klopp is an option. I, I don't think Klopp's an option. I don't, the, only re, the only way he takes a club uh, job, I think, is in Germany. I agree. Yeah. So, But I actually, before you get there, I kind of disagree. Barcelona... They're on their way of getting out of debt. The new stadium, the young players, like, they're in a bit of a rebuild. Bringing in a big name probably oh, makes I, more sense. I think this squad is perfect for Klopp. He could run a bunch of 16 no, no, and 18-year-olds into the ground. I think I think bringing in a non-big name oh. probably makes more sense for a Barcelona than it does a Liverpool. Is oh, I, I agree, but I just don't think that's how Barcelona operates. Yeah. I don't. I'm not deep in the weeds of their financial situation, it's but not good. Can, I know. Can they <laughs> afford to to bring in and pay a, a big manager? Maybe Ruben Amarim is the answer. Yeah. So who did you who did you have as the top candidate? I mean, I just kind of have the candidates who are out there, like, but I don't really believe any of them are, are right. Just what came to my head actually right now is not someone I had written down, like, and I'll whisper it, like Unai Emery. Yeah. Kind of kind of makes sense. A little bit. Like, the, yeah. he's probably achieved everything he can achieve at Aston Villa, yeah. which is, like, obviously an annoying thing to say, but, like, it's probably it's, pretty it's true. Real. It's real. Eddie Howe? 
like I don't I don't know. So I put the um like somebody who is a big enough name that Barcelona fans will be like happy with it, but not someone who they they can't afford. Mourinho's not going to go coach there. Yeah. They can't afford him. So we're not deep in La Liga, but Michel, I think is how you or Mikel, I think is how you pronounce. He's the Girona manager. Yeah. Um, I obviously just because they're like top. Of I don't table. know much about yeah. that. And the only reason I know more, it would be similar to the only reason I know about Xabi Alonso is because he played and I watched the Bundesliga more and pay more attention no, to it. No, for sure. But if if Xabi Alonso had and he the was name, also one of the greatest footballers. The last that's what I'm years. saying. But if Xabi Alonso had the name Michel, <laughs> I wouldn't know who it was. But I Fair. would think he's a good candidate Fair. because he's overtaking the likes of Bayern and Dortmund the same way he's overtaking the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So. He's 36 years old. He, I think he could be the perfect manager, and this is prefacing all him being the potential perfect manager while knowing nothing about them. <laughs> I've never watched a Girona game, but I can imagine, I know that they play extremely attacking, like expansive football. I know that. And to, to grow as a 36-year-old manager, to grow with a team and with young players and evolve his play style around the, the young players that, they have, like, Lamine Yamal and all the center midfielders they have, I think could be a really cool project. I just don't know enough about no, no, him I, to stamp it, that. It makes sense logically. Like, I think, like, the last time Barcelona, like, before Javi, when they went through a bunch of different managers, like, a four-year period, yeah. like, that was kind of what they were doing. They were kind of plucking the yeah. best La Liga managers. I think that's a totally fair take. Uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like Javi's leaving because of all this pressure. Barca have this, like, great young crop of players, and yeah. they're also in tons of debt. They kind of need to start winning. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to find a long-term replacement right now. Maybe in two or three years, like Sergio Busquets or yeah. PK. Or, I yeah, mean, yeah. we're just in this... That would be cool. We're in this world now where it feels like it's club legend after club legend yeah. taking over clubs. Is, so like, is that how... It, like, I don't know... Well, like Pep, Coach Barca, he was a yeah, Barca player. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think that has been happening for a while. And like, we, we just don't know the players as well. So, well, we, like, yeah, like in the early two thousands, like I didn't know X player played for X exactly, club, like exactly. in the seventies. Yeah. But like now that we are. In our mid-20s, we've seen these players play for those So clubs. what are your thoughts on Xavi's comments? Because I, ha I have a few I think he's thoughts. acting a bit like a little bitch. Me too. Like, like you know, you played for them. You know crazy. the pressure that comes with crazy. playing at Barcelona. And it's like, you definitely know what you signed up for. And I appreciate him being honest. But it's about like, it's too much. But say it's too much pressure for me. Not like the outside puts too much pressure on Barca. Because there's a million managers who would relish the opportunity to take on the amount of pressure that the Barca job warrants. And it's like, you're saying, like, ease up on me? Like, no one's easing up well, on anyone. it's the anyone. exact opposite of Mourinho, right? Mourinho would be like, fuck everyone. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. I do how I want to do. You don't like me anymore, I leave. That's how... It was... I mean, I don't know... Pep's the same way. Where can he go next? Because... You, Xavi? Yeah. I mean, he's probably... My guess is he probably goes to Saudi... And sure. takes There's a job, no gets paid there. a bunch Go of money. Yeah. And then maybe the Spain job eventually opens up. Yeah. I just hated the way you went about it. Like, you hit it on, on the head. He was acting like a, a spoiled bitch. But, like, like, Klopp does that kind of shit, too. He does. Klopp gets away with it because he's he, a big, angry German. But Correct. Like, and he's won more, so he can yeah, do yeah. that. But he but was he doing that at Dortmund. About, he he also talks there. about the structure. I feel like the structure of the... Premier League and all the matches yeah. more, and that's more understandable than saying like there's no, just never, so much pressure and I can't handle. And like, he always say complimented like, the fans. Yeah, He's never say like I can't handle it personally. I knew what came with it, and I see that I can't handle it now. Rather than blaming the outside people, like if he was that ignorant to come in not knowing what was going to come with it, like 
then that's his fault as well. Like, I think there was a lot of... That's probably why he failed. Yeah, I think there was a lot of finger-pointing at other people when there should have been some soul-searching himself. Is any... And we're in agreement here that, like, he's leaving, but it's like a, you're fired, oh, yeah. you're a club legend, we're not going to expose you. Type yeah, yeah, of yeah. Thing. Yes? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay. I think he's getting fired. Um, and, yeah, they just want to save face. But the, the funniest part, as we're having this discussion, is I think they gave him an opportunity to save face, and then he kind he of... shot on everything, yeah. yeah. So, Disaster. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um, and, and that is one of the main reasons... Other than the fact that CVG's not a good coach... I think that's one of the main reasons Liverpool would never hire a Gerrard, and I think Chelsea made a huge mistake hiring Lampard. Lampard yeah. Like, Arteta's not a club legend. Like, he's yeah. not going to ruin his fucking image in Arsenal fans' eyes. Like, he was fine for Do us. you think Chelsea fans struggle to separate Lampard, the legendary player, and the non-legendary? I think coach they a did little? while he was as a, a man while he was a manager. Mm-hmm. I think now it's just it is what it, it is. Yeah. There's been enough other turmoil that it clearly wasn't just right. his fault. But like. Manchester United are never been up being Rooney in as the head coach. Like, that's just a mistake. You're well, asking other for Other than failure. the fact that Rooney is an awful, awful coach. coach. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny how most of the better players have not been the better coaches, which I think honestly makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, other than Xavi Alonso. Right. Um, but, like, I mean, Arteta was great, but he was not Stevie G. Pep, Pep was pretty good. In Pep was day. very, very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Pep was very good. Yeah. Um, and he would have loved himself as a player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So that's the manager carousel. Let us know where you think Klopp's going. Let us know what you think Liverpool's going to do, Barca's going to do, Xavi. There's a lot to talk about. And more supremely, make sure we got our 11s right. And if we missed anyone like who's a legend under Klopp, we're sorry, but let us know who. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we missed anyone. But I don't think. They'll be sure to let us know. I would uh, love to like did. play a FIFA game, like loading those two that would be great. In. That would that be great. That would be good content. And uh, lastly, hit the subscribe button. Of course. And the like button if you've enjoyed. And we will see you next time.